Would you like to strengthen your marriage, encourage your children, and grow your family relationships? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he ignites the flame in your heart for your family. Uh, I really believe that God wants to raise up families that uh, not only live for the Lord and love the Lord, but that for the third and fourth and fifth and sixth generations down the road that they're living and serving the Lord. And I believe it takes a certain kind of people and uh, to do that. You know, one of the things about this webcast is such a blessing to me is uh, I get to spend time and just have conversations with really special people. Of course, uh, we have today my most special person, Tex, is over here. And uh, and then we have Byron and Sue Paulus, who are very special friends. And uh, we've just had some good times together in the Lord, and it's just been great. So Byron and Sue, welcome to our webcast, and thank you for being on. I, I know all about you guys, but they don't. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll let you uh, just, why don't you tell us about, uh, first of all, uh, your children, grandchildren, how long you've been married, y'all, uh, all those fun things. Well, thank you. And uh, just the whole idea, Sammy, of uh, speaking to people today about leaving a legacy and family, as you know, is such a great need and a tremendous thing. And God has so blessed our marriage, and uh, it's really been of Him. We uh, we met, uh, boy, back in 1971, is that right? 70. And 70. This is a typical <laughs> okay. discussion here. We've done and this before. I, I do know we've been married 33 years, and that's always helpful in dealing with family. And uh, But how we met was a little unusual. And uh, we were in college, and uh, actually it's a little humorous. I, I asked a cheerleader after a basketball game one time, saying, I said, uh, or she came to me actually, and said, what are you looking for in a mate? And I've really never had anybody ask me that question before. And so... I wasn't I'm, all I'm that, anxious to hear this answer. I, I wasn't all that spiritual. I said, look, I want a gal that knows how to cook, knows how to sew, and has light-colored light hair. It's a real spiritual answer. Someone like his mother, you know. Yeah, so that was, after, that was my sophomore year, I think. And the first day of the junior year, this gal comes running up to me, and she says, I found her. I found her. I said, you found what? I found this girl you're going to marry. I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, don't you remember a year ago? And I said, oh, yeah. She says, well, I saw her this summer. I brought her back to college. She's a freshman, and I want you to meet her. And uh, we ended up getting married. Mm. And uh, But uh, God had taken me into even a Christian college, lost, not having mm. a relationship personally with the Lord, having made a profession and walking an aisle at age nine. And uh, under intense conviction many times since then, uh, but just knowing that I just didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord, but knew all the right answers growing up in the Christian environment and Christian school and and even was um, talking together in our dating years about, Sue, you remember being missionaries yeah. and uh, yet knowing internally we were we were empty. We read the real... Bible together and spent time praying. Yeah, we now, I'm assuming y'all both from Christian families mm-hmm. both grew up in Christian families. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Active in our youth groups, uh, and uh, I'd set out for college to major in business, and uh, only chose this college because I heard how much their accounting graduates were making, <laughs> and I just wanted to make money. And uh, graduated with this plan. If I could have a certain starting salary and could increase it by so many dollars every year, then could retire by the time I'm forty, making all this money. And made that work for the first three years out of college. We got married six months after we had graduated, and. Uh, but about three years into that plan, 
is when, uh, well, actually six months when we got married, uh, in northern Wisconsin, in the end of January, I decided, uh, let's go someplace special, uh, for our honeymoon. So we went to Duluth, Minnesota, Sammy. A real warm place, <laughs> huh? January 29th. So cold. He wanted to see Lake Superior. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, I uh, couldn't see Lake Superior. It was all ice. So we said, we're heading south the very next day and went to a place called Mankato, Minnesota, mm-hmm. where there was this group called Life Action. Uh, just a minute. I'm, I'm from Louisiana. Right. You were heading south? <laughs> Southern Minnesota. <laughs> okay. That's All right. For us North. All right. Go ahead. Still frozen country. But, but went to this church where this group called Life Action Ministries was because a couple of the people on this team were friends of ours mm-hmm. and uh, we just wanted to see them and stepped into not a church, but a presence of God that mm-hmm. night. And God just began to melt our hearts early on our honeymoon. We knew there was something different that we didn't have. Hmm. And, uh, and as I look back on that today, as we do, we would say it's that presence of God, whether it's in our individual hearts or marriage that, that made the difference. And, and so we kind of left that, but every time we, we got near that, that group was near us, we would go. We'd want more of it. And finally they, they said, look, we need a business manager. Why don't you all come, Sue? They I asked, could sing. They said, <laughs> yeah, you could sing, and Byron, you can be the business manager. And I said, how much will I make? <laughs> they said, nothing. You'll raise your support as a missionary. I just remember thinking, I'm not great at math, but I'm not going to retire by the time I'm 40 making nothing. <laughs> but God was working in our hearts. Yeah. And finally, we decided we're going to come for one year, live on our savings account, and then go back into the corporate world, where I've been successful the first yeah. three years. And that first week, God just spoke to my heart and says, Byron, I want you to give all your money away. And nobody said anything about money, but the Lord knew what had me. And then I heard a definition of repentance and the conviction of God's spirit broke into my heart. And I gave, I said, Lord, you can have my money. And I was like, the Lord said, I didn't want your money. I wanted you. Hmm. Gave my heart to Christ the very first week in ministry. And that just changed our values. Uh, you know, it just changed the way we thought about marriage. Now, and when you say, did both of you give your heart to Christ? Or, uh, I did then, and she really settled at Winsu. Um, probably it was during that first year, and just really was wrestling with it myself, and had a lot of questions. And I was just challenged to read through the book of First John, and God just really showed Himself to me and showed myself to me, and how I really needed to settle that issue and really accept Him into my life and my heart, and not just. The head knowledge. Okay, now y'all are what three and a half years or four and a half years into three your years marriage? Into our marriage. In your marriage. Three and a half. What difference did that immediately? I know long term. I, I know long term the differences, mm-hmm. but immediately, what what changes? We often say, had we not come and become exposed, number one, come to Christ and be exposed early in those years after we came to Christ, the biblical principles of parenting. Um, I don't think we'd be married today. Yeah. Uh, I was in the business world, had all the truth. I was I was the head of our Christian education department at our church. Sue was church, church secretary. secretary. We're we were choir. in choir. We were heading up the junior high youth group. I'd gone through a Christian college. I was spending 20, 30 hours a week working for the church as well as, you know, in addition to business, ministering. And on the verge of an affair, hmm. uh, looking at pornography. Uh, doing stuff lost but religious that mm-hmm. nobody knew about. 
And we know that would have led uh, to just devastation in our marriage. And uh, so when God captured our hearts and coming to know him, uh, that, that was... That was huge. But I think even that, apart from those next few years of just a heavy dosage because of being in a family ministry, mm-hmm. of practical principles and truths from the Word of God that made a difference. For example, early in our marriage, uh, we just said, we're not going to let one day go by with an unclear conscience. Mm-hmm. Where if I've wronged Sue or Sue's wronged me, we're just going to say, humble ourselves and say, I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? And say those words mm-hmm. and express back, you're forgiven. And as we look back on those early years, we've often commented, haven't we, Sue, about yes. how that one principle of keeping a clear conscience uh, just was huge in those early days mm-hmm. of our marriage. Let, let me um, back up a little bit. Tex and I, we, you became a Christian right before we got married, or right, we had, we had met what was it? When was that? Sixty in September nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. Okay. Good. And I came to know Christ. I had been a member. I was like you. I was a member of a church, active, yeah. and yet still there was a. Mm-hmm. I had done all the right things, mm-hmm. and then I went to the university, and I met four young people, and like you, I saw something different in their lives, mm-hmm. and I thought that's there's something missing, and mm-hmm. so um, they'd been sharing with me. Kind of in, indirectly, indirectly. And so I just went back to my dorm room one night and I said, God, if you're real, like you are to those young people, would you come in and be real to me? Mm-hmm. And that night, Jesus Christ came in and Sammy was one of those four young people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought he was cute and I thought, mm, I don't get to know this guy. <laughs> and uh, of course, my motives weren't real pure, but, um, and so we, we got to know, we got to know each other and the other, the other kids. And, um, that was in November when I came to know Christ and, we, we were married, married the following June. June. Yep. Short. And the, the what reason I wanted to back up just a little bit is I think for both of us as couples, you know, there's certain foundations. There's a certain thing that holds everything together. Mm-hmm. And the first thing, and I think it, it's really important for people to know, is that personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I remember when we got married, mm-hmm. we went on our honeymoon. <laughs> we went down to the beach. We were a little smarter than you. But we went on our honeymoon to Gulf Shores, Alabama, right. and we gave to each other for a wedding present, an old Schofield Bible. Right. And uh, uh, we prayed and read that Bible, prayed and read that Bible, prayed and read that Bible, and we dedicated our marriage to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and this is not religious talk. This is not, okay, because I'm in the ministry type talk, you know. I mean, this is reality, is I'm sure that uh, I would not have, uh, we would not be married today had mm. we not had Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as a sinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just, okay, we're Christians type thing, but as the center of our mm-hmm. home. And and this is what you were saying, that that, right. that, that moment had to come. So And that's foundational. It is. And you know what, what uh, we found, because... We had the Bible in our uh, in the ceremony. We had the Bible that night that we read on our first night of our honeymoon. We had a song on our knees at the altar to be used of God. Mm-hmm. We knew all the right answers. We knew everything, but the power that comes from the relationship with Jesus, where the rubber hits the road. So, so you think of all that we were doing that mechanically was right, mm-hmm. and um, but yet in that same time frame of those first three years. 
we were in a danger zone, mm-hmm. being as religious and an evangelical church as you can imagine, perfunctory mm-hmm. in what we were doing in our hearts. And then, when <laughs> I mean, when that relationship came, it's like, you know, there's a conviction of God's spirit that tells me when I'm wrong. So I can clear my conscience mm-hmm. where before it was me trying to figure out, is this wrong, right, or whatever, you know. And there was a hunger to not just read the word in a, in a mechanical way, mm-hmm. but to really pray together mm-hmm. and to cry out to God together, which brings such intimacy and yeah. such unity. Hey, let's talk about this clear conscience for a minute, because we've got the foundation. The foundation is, is Christ. But now you're saying there was a, a, another building block, and that it sounds like one of the first building blocks that you had in place was a clear conscience. Define that. What does that mean? What does it take to have a clear conscience? Mm-hmm. What is that? Explain me. Well, to us. I, we like to say a clear conscience is um, just knowing there's not anyone we've ever wronged or hurt or offended and not gone back and made it right. And uh, we thought, boy, if, if we're going to try and live that way. And I had a long list when I first was encountering that whole thought and principle mm-hmm. and concept of people I needed to go to and did. I mean, a long list and weird stuff and stealing and wrong relationships and returning diplomas from cheating all the way through college, all these things. But in the midst of all that, if it didn't begin in our marriage, if it wasn't true there, it was like, what did it really matter? Because that's where the rubber hits the road. And yeah. Did you really return your? I really did. <laughs> diploma. You know, did they give it back to you? You know, they yes. did. But, but you know, here, here was the thing: when I was so convicted that I, mm. I cheated, and I said, "Well, I'm just going to write the classes, the professors of where I cheated, and and uh, and ask forgiveness." And I thought, "Well, let me write those I didn't cheat in." And I finally said, I couldn't think of any I didn't somehow cheat in or still answer. So I finally just sent it to the president of the university. Hmm. And he graciously sent it back and said, you know, I can't legally do to, to, to keep it. But I wouldn't anyways, because when God works in the heart, these are the kind of graduates we want. Hmm. Really wow, that's that. neat. That's really neat. Hmm. So know, now what? Okay, go ahead. You know, and, and even with clearing the conscience, it's not always easy. It's not mm-hmm. always easy to say I was wrong because that mm-hmm. pride wells up and just... You know, I want to be right, and, and I don't want to have to humble myself. But the joy and the sweetness and the renewed um, relationship that comes not only with God but with each other when we take time, when I take time to go and say, I was wrong in the way I responded, or my spirit was wrong, or I just, you know, it just... I think the, it would be harder than returning a diploma would be keeping a clear conscience with your wife. Uh mm-hmm. Being honest, when I say I think harder, I mean yeah. Tex and I yeah, have gone right. through this and so forth. But, but I think that that is something that uh, at first, now it's not anymore. We have the you know we've grown in our relationship to where, I mean, mm-hmm. we we're we know that we're going to love each other. You know, I think yeah, there's so, this fear, yeah. you know, risk right of, that, of rejection by the one that you love most, right, and. and uh, yeah. I, I think, Sammy, what uh, I think of that passage in James, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. And I think there is something in a husband-wife relationship we've discovered that when we humble ourselves with each other and we uh, seek forgiveness 
but we also confess the areas that we're struggling while we're seeking mm-hmm. forgiveness, mm-hmm. that there's a healing that takes place yeah. in our relationship that is very dynamic mm-hmm. and is very powerful yeah. in bringing intimacy and oneness. And whether it was a thought life, whether early in our marriage, I was looking at slipping in just, you know, curious search on the television, looking for nudity or something and going mm-hmm. to Sue and say, Sue, man, that was wrong. I wronged you. I wronged God first against him and mm-hmm. him only if I sinned, but also you, Sue, would you please forgive me and hold me accountable? That that doesn't happen again. And so it was rich. As hard as it was, it was rich because yeah. we became one and unified in our walk and struggles with, yeah. with the Lord. And what you think yeah. would maybe divide actually oh, it really does. Just, does. Just bring right. that more yeah. unison. And that carried over even when we had children because as parents, there are times when you don't respond right and you may discipline out of anger mm-hmm. or just not be what you should be and to be able to go to your child and say, I was wrong. Yeah. And talk about respect. When Sue would ask forgiveness, my respect for her just skyrocketed. And when I would, she would say, honey, I respect you so much. Okay. Let's, let's talk about what hinders that. A a text, I want to ask you, because I know that we went through a time and I think it was a critical moment in our marriage Mm -hmm. in Germany when, uh, you needed to come to me and and ask forgiveness on some things and then that broke me and I turned around and God showed me myself and I and, and that opened up communication tremendously. But I think the thing that kept you from doing that for so long was fear. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you what how do you how did you overcome that fear? And then I want to go to you guys, see how you deal with the fear, especially mm-hmm. at first, because mm-hmm. I think once you realize the love is there and, and nothing's going to break that, then then you know perfect love casts out all fear. Right. But in that initial thing, what helped you to overcome fear to come to me and say say that? Well, actually, I was having my time with the Lord, and uh, and every day I would spend time with Jesus in the Word, and and I was on holiness. And uh, talking, he was talking about his holiness, and I knew that there was something unholy in me. And it was, as, as you know, Sammy loves me, and he loved me, and yet he's he's a very strong personality. And so we would start talking and get in disagreements, and because he was a baiter and strong, I mean, he would always win, even if he was wrong. And he'd tell You're you right. that, you know. Yeah. I mean, was I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got one of those too. And so, I debated so, in college also. So, we, so I thought, so I came to a point in our married life where I thought, well, why even bother? You know, and so some resentment and bitterness mm-hmm. and just different things started welling up in me. And so I was kind of like a turtle where I, I just started withdrawing in my shell. And and then God just started dealing with me very deeply, and He said, "Text, there's some things you need to make straight with your husband." Mm-hmm. And so I went to him and I said, "Sammy, mm-hmm. I need to talk to you as my husband." He, we were in the pastor at that time, not as my pastor, but as my husband. I need to share some stuff with you where I'm hurt. Okay, I've... let me just ask you that. Okay, so the Lord spoke to your heart. Then would you say it was a desire to obey God, to be right with the Lord? Was that what for you enabled you to come to me? That was a, the foundation of it. And then the ongoing fact that I knew that for us to continue and to walk in, in the light, in the light of mm-hmm. God's holiness, that I would need to make some things straight with you. And so we did. Yeah. And, and it was a process. Yeah. It wasn't. It was, so what, because, I, and I don't know, maybe there wasn't the fear there with mm-hmm. you guys, but if, if there was, what, what helped y'all? To overcome that fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, because right. I think this is, this is probably, there's probably some people listening down. right now that's wow. saying, man, I know mm-hmm. there's some things I need to talk to my husband, my wife about, but 
Ooh, Let me say, too, think? though, that at that point that I, I knew Sammy loved me, mm-hmm. and divorce was never in our language, right. and mm-hmm. yet there was still that fear, like, if, if I told him everything that was going on in my heart, would he still love me? Mm-hmm. And I had to say, no matter what the cost, mm-hmm. that I'm grounded in Jesus' mm-hmm. love, and I have mm-hmm. to be honest with my husband. Mm-hmm. So. And, well, I think the enemy, too, would have us believe that lie, that if we right. are open and transparent, that... It's going to cause rifts in relationship where really the opposite of that is true. That mm-hmm. when I'm not yeah. right with you, you know, too, I, I know I'm not right with God and mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I think, I agree. And I just think that uh, the pain of not being obedient becomes so intense, fear or no fear. Mm-hmm. That you know the blessing of the obedience finally outweighs the pain of not obeying. And and I think what it did is I would travel a lot because of the, the ministry and what I was doing. And, you know, Sue would, would say at times, I can trust you because you can't sin without asking forgiveness. And it actually increases mm-hmm. our trust with each other. So she would know if I ever blew it, <laughs> I would be back asking forgiveness. And that just elevates the trust that you have because our trust really isn't in our ability to, to keep right. a clear conscience. The trust is the ability of the Holy Spirit to convict yeah. us and make us so miserable in our disobedience that we have to obey. And that brought then greater trust. Let me ask you another thing about this, because I think with Tex and I, Tex is more reserved in her personality. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it, good or bad, I mean, it's there. You're going to see it. You know? so, and that's my personality. And and so we, we have two different... Do, is, is that a situation with you guys or not? Or... Or, or do you, does this come into play at all where it's more difficult for one or, or another or not? I don't think so. Actually, Sue's probably more outgoing and relational than I am. I'm probably by nature more introvert. And um, I think I grew up in a home that where um, this open communication and transparency and acknowledgement of wrong was, was really, it wasn't there. And so that was really kind of a foreign thing for me. And um, so I, it didn't come easy. It's not like we just jumped into this, hey, we're going to start operating our marriage on this biblical mm-hmm. foundation. And it just all happened. We had to work at it. Mm-hmm. And we had to work hard at it at times. But we were committed. And we still do at times. I mean, it's yeah. not like we're even yeah. as recent as even mm-hmm. just like a little over a week ago. We just had mm-hmm. to sit down on a Saturday morning and we just... Mm-hmm. had some time of communication and sharing because as life gets busy and mm-hmm. busy and busier, um, things had just kind of built up and it was like it was time, past time, to really just sit down and say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with, this is where I'm at, and to be able to make things right and ask forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I know that, you know, we just have a little time here. We don't have time to cover everything, but let's see, the foundation... Is Christ. Mm-hmm. On top of that, a clear conscience. What would be the, another thing that you would say that you would add to that mix that has been really helpful in your marriage? Well, there's so many, and we're narrowed on time here. But, uh, you know, Sue has been uh, a cheerleader. And uh, she has, throughout all of our marriage, just encouraged me and been there to uh, say, Byron, this is great. And, you know, guys kind of need that little ego building, I think, at times for whatever reasons. And um, I, I shared I traveled quite a bit, and I often say in all these uh, 33 years of marriage now and uh, 30 years of being in ministering and traveling on weekends or whatever, 
I cannot remember one time that Sue has ever said, I wish you weren't going, or I wish you didn't have to leave. She said, this is God's will. I'll be praying for you, and I can't wait till you get back. I'm telling you, with that spirit of support, I usually look for an earlier flight. I can't wait to get home to a, to a wife and an environment that is so positive and encouraging and uplifting and affirming of me. And I think that's been key to, to, Did, to does, that. does that cause you to weigh more heavily what engagements you take and how much time you are away or does it that just makes me never want to leave home because I want to be around her. <laughs> but I do it out of obedience and then she encourages me in it. And God's just given grace. I think he knows where he's put you, what you need to be able to carry out what he has. Yeah. But praying together, Sammy, yeah, when you say what together, else, just yeah. whether it's on our knees or whether it's me putting my hand on her, on her head in the morning before I leave for the office and just say, Lord, would you bless her today and protect her? And I don't know if a night has hardly gone by that I haven't prayed together, either me or us, mm-hmm. for a hedge of protection around our marriage and around our home, even if I'm falling asleep. Yeah. In fact, one night my three kids were on the floor <laughs> and we were praying and I was falling asleep while I'm praying. So and that's unspiritual. I'd rather fall asleep praying than not praying at all. So instead of praying for a wall of protection, I said, Lord, would you please put a, a, a wall of hydrogen around our house tonight? <laughs> you know? And uh, But, you know, my kids laugh at that and we chuckle mm-hmm. at it. But they'll never forget that the reason I prayed that is because we would always pray together mm-hmm. at night. And, and I think that's key. That's one thing we've done. Uh, we'll just, we'll be in bed and we may, just like you be exhausted mm-hmm. sometimes, but we'll just join hands and just mm-hmm. pray for our that's families, right. for ourselves. Yeah. And there's just something about, it's hard to go to sleep mm-hmm. and praying together mm-hmm. at night mm-hmm. if you've got something mm-hmm. in your heart. And so yes. that's, mm-hmm. we've had some long nights where we've yeah, been yeah, right. delayed the prayer, but it, it is, there's something about praying together. Just, and and yeah, it, <laughs> the thing is, the older we get, the more grandkids we get, and so the older yeah, right. the prayer goes, right? <laughs> and know, the more complicated life gets, and and everything. And maybe but, one other thing, I don't want to just. Uh, we were just thinking the other day. I know she's in the Word every day. I know she's meeting with God every day, and she knows I get up in the morning, and she mm-hmm. knows the very first thing I do is I go and I have my meeting place. And I think there's security in the fact. Hey, if we can't handle our marriage. It really doesn't matter because God's in control. He can handle mm-hmm. our marriage. And that has, I think, been huge. And I just so appreciate Sue and her faithfulness. And a great stability for our children to know that their father was downstairs meeting with God and coming before the Lord in the morning. I think that added great a sense of security to them. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, uh, and we haven't talked about children, by the way. Tell us how many children you have and grandchildren, too. I know. Oh, wow. We have. Uh, Sue, you're great at this. We've got three children. Three wonderful children. Yeah, two are married, so yeah. we have two grandchildren and one yeah. on the way. Yeah, that's so great. Congratulations. Exciting. And all three of our children are either in ministry or preparing for ministry. Hmm. Uh, and uh, that is, that's just, and all, you know, they, they, we don't want to get into parenting, I'm sure, but uh, we just didn't fall prey to the thing, wait for the teenage years. Uh-huh. Uh, by God's grace and his mercy, we didn't experience the rebellion with our children. It's so common today. And I think I tell people God knew I couldn't handle it. So he just, you know, kept it from me. But uh, our children are all have a heart for ministry, a heart for the Lord. They've married godly mates, mm-hmm. the two that are married, very godly mates. And uh, that's been huge. And then one other thing, Sandy, <coughs> is uh, I took each of you know this. I took each of my three children as a father one-on-one on what I want to be a very meaningful mission trip. And uh, two of those, as you know, was with you. Yeah, uh, right. Went to China with my daughter and then my son to Cairo, Egypt. 
those were huge in my relationship with my kids. Hmm. But, uh, and and I, that was one thing I would say. It's, it's intentional. It has, didn't just happen by accident yeah. that your kids turned out that way. Uh, the, I think probably the biggest thing, and, and uh, there's so much we could talk about children, and maybe another time we'll mm-hmm. do that. But I think the biggest thing that we have found with our kids is our relationship with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and having that that kind of um, yeah. security that they know mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, are, are, are together and they're committed and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing that's going to destroy that. And so I think that kind of security has been helpful to the children. And I think the greatest thing, the greatest gift that we can give to our children, our grandchildren, is uh, a committed relationship, a committed, loving mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. that is centered in Jesus Christ. And, and um, so... You know, I, I know that you guys have done that and, and it's, it's been the forefront and, and I've appreciated it. We've had the privilege of knowing you guys. How long have we known you guys? Uh, when, probably. It was, it was not, years, it was not long after years, Dale died, right, just right after Dale died. 15 years. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and something I haven't told you, <laughs> we've been talking about <laughs> family right, right. is, is that you are now the executive director of, uh, Life Action Ministries, and they made you that because you were the only person who went on your honeymoon to Life Action, right? That's it. <laughs> and I'm sure that's true. No, no and, uh, and, and Byron has, we've just had such a friendship, Amen. and we haven't talked about the message of revival, right. but, but really the ministry of Life Action mm. is a ministry calling mm. uh, the church to revival and mm-hmm. presenting revival principles. But one thing that's kind of interesting to me, and I, maybe we'll close out with this, is that in your ministry, incorporated in your ministry, I know this, but the, I want mm-hmm. the folks to know this. Mm-hmm. Incorporated in your ministry mm-hmm. is that when you go with the message of revival for God's people, you mm-hmm. also have the message of the family. Mm-hmm. Now, that that's a pretty interesting deal. I mean, a lot of times like, you hear people preaching right. on revival or evangelism mm-hmm. or something, but family isn't. I mean, and it's a major point. Tell mm-hmm. us what y'all do and mm-hmm. with family in a in a life action crusade, and uh, tell us why you do that. Wow, boy, that, you know, um, let me begin biblically. Uh, when you think about the presence of the ministry of Jesus here on earth, uh, mm-hmm. and God in his big design decided how we're going to introduce that ministry. You remember he chose John the Baptist to do it mm-hmm. with a twofold message of repentance and turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, Malachi, and the children back to the father. And um, we believe that uh, that message not only paved the way for the physical ministry of Jesus here on earth, but it would pave the way today for the outpouring of the ministry and the presence of God by way of his spirit mm-hmm. ministering here on earth today. So there's a biblical foundation and basis on why we believe turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the father. And in that order, by the way, is so critical. And we try to um, manifest that or make that practical first internally within our ministry. We go to great extreme and expense to make sure that within our ministry, we believe the greatest message we have is not what we're out proclaiming in the churches or to God's people or in our nation. It's what we're living in the lives of our families at home. And I can sit here and say with, uh, what, 70 married staff now, and I don't know how many hundreds over the years, we have never had one, by God's grace, one divorce, one broken marriage in, in, in our, in our Praise whole Lord ministry. Praise the Lord that. That's a miracle. And that's because we intentionally say we've got to have strong marriage. Then the second thing we tell our staff internally is that um, the measurement of success of Life Action Ministries will not be based upon those of us who are here today. It's our children. 
And if that next generation walks with God, then we can say we've had a measure of success Mm -hmm. as a ministry. And then practically out there in the field, man, we come in, we do children's ministries where we're ministering to uh, children from four years age all the way up through the teens and singles and adults on parenting principles and on marriage principles. Because of what you said, the greatest love relationship that a child needs to see is, well, really, it's not even between us as husband and wife. It's between Mm -hmm. us and God. And then they need to see between each other. And then they say, we want this. So we feel it's critical. We try to make that practical as we go out and minister, but also internally. In our- you know, and I think there's something everybody needs to know because they say, oh, you've got this nice life as an evangelist and <laughs> yeah. head of Life Action Ministries. It's tough on your team members because, I mean, we've lived this way. When you're traveling, mm-hmm. it's not easy to raise children. It's not mm-hmm. easy to have the kind of communication mm-hmm. that we talked about when you're going day in and day out in churches. And, and I know they stay in trailers and and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, but the thing that I have been so impressed with about Life Action that is such a blessing is I see the evangelists out mm-hmm. there, and I see their kids. I've watched them grow up, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I've watched them go into ministry mm-hmm. and and uh, and serve the Lord, and, and so many. I mean, it's it's just it's been really incredible, mm-hmm. which you know gives great hope. Mm-hmm. It gives great hope, and and I just want to just remind you and bring you mm-hmm. back to. Those foundational principles that I believe will be helpful. I mean, we're talking about a real relationship That's with right. Jesus, not being religious, yeah. not being a church member, mm-hmm. but really knowing Jesus and having Him as the center, mm-hmm. and then having a clear conscious communication, uh, not not allowing fear or guilt or anything to keep you from really sharing honestly, transparently, and openly with your spouse, and then mm-hmm. praying together, mm-hmm. and uh, having that that relationship where the last thing. At night, you do, but first thing in the morning, during the day, you pray. Amen. You pray for each other. You pray with each mm-hmm. other. And uh, and I, I believe if you'll just begin to institute some of those things, and, and of course, there's so much more because you guys teach. You have a whole list of teaching. There's so much more that that is there for you, but that's a good starting place. And um, let me ask you, because maybe... There's someone watching this that would like to have uh, Life Action come to their church. Mm. Uh, can they go to what, lifeaction.org? Lifeaction.org would be wonderful. Uh, and, and, or 1-800-321-1538. But lifeaction.org will take us to a website that uh, has not just uh, having teams come into your church, but uh, an array of practical family teaching that's available there, whether it's for women through Revive Our Hearts radio broadcast or whether it's through our family camps. Or if you're a clergy, we have a lodge just to strengthen the marriages of pastors and wives and some practical tools there to help with family issues. And, and there's so there's written resources, audio, video resources. Um, when you the Revive Our Hearts is Nancy, Nancy, Nancy Lee DeMoss. DeMoss yes, some of you probably heard her on radio and uh, and you that's associated, that's under the umbrella of Life Action Ministries and, and there's just so much and they're here. I know you guys are here to to help, to uh, to call people back to God for revival, and then for seeing families, fathers' hearts turn back to the children. Right. I like that. Praise Amen. the Lord. God bless you. Thank, Thank you, guys. You, Appreciate it so much. And we just uh, such a blessing to us. Well, we love you guys, and thank you so much. God bless you all. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit SammyTippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, 
and a passion to reach others.